Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And tonight, the Cubs actually won. Now we get to see the articles of how, well, 1 out of 13 or whatever. Um, if, 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 if I were totally about the getting the optimal draft pick is the only important thing and nothing else really matters. I would have a totally different outlook than I have tonight. Tonight, Cody Hoyer chipped in. Ian Happ had a really nice offensive game. Kyle Hendricks was Kyle Hendricks. Frank the Tank Schwindel had another RBI early, 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 early. It's not all binary. It's not all binary. It's not all wins and losses. It is player development always. It's always about player development. And once players stop developing, then you look on. Uh, Somebody today was commenting on my Kevin Padlow article. Had a podcast on it, had an article on it. Somebody was saying... The Cubs ought to look at David Dahl. Should have looked at David Dahl more seriously than they did. Now, David Dahl entered this season with eh, three and a quarter, three and a half years of league experience. Was really good in 2018, 2019. But other than that, he hasn't been. Very good defensively, good base runner, but his bat just largely hasn't been there. And the person was commenting, why don't the Cubs take shots with players like David Dow, who has already had um, an all-star appearance, instead of players like Padlow or whoever else? Sounded like it was um, Padlow was being lumped in with a number of other players. The way I look at it, when you're taking a chance on a player, when you're taking a chance on a player, it makes the best sense to take a chance on a player who you can have for a long time if the payout works. If the payout works with David Dow, the Cubs maybe have him a year or two and may possibly be able to flip him 22, 20, or 23, maybe. What seems to make more sense to me is to take chances on players like Cody Hoyer. Hoyer did well in 2020, struggled in 2021, got sent down to the minors in 2021, got traded to the Cubs in 2021. And now, if he does well, the Cubs have him for 2021. 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, and possibly 2026. Something along those lines. Now you see how that's four, four and a half years, four or five years, excluding this year. So there's this year plus four or possibly five more seasons. You see how that possibly might be of more use than a player who the Cubs might be able to keep for one or two years. The goal with the picking up a player off the DFA wire. Really, it's about a 10% chance he'll hit. 
Oh, it's not 10%. It's 7.13 or 3.159. Okay, whatever. It's a rather remote chance. But if the Cubs haul in a Frank Schwindel, plug him in the lineup, and he figures it out, guess what? The Cubs have him for six years. The Cubs plugged in Patrick Wisdom. He started to figure out they have him for six years. They plugged in Rafael Ortega. Nobody thought anything of him. I wanted to get rid of him at the start of the year. Now the Cubs have him for another four years. When a team decides we are going to take a chance on a player who hasn't been completely and totally exposed by the league over a number of years, years with an S at the end, he might. He, he still might be terrible. <coughs> Whoever the Cubs might bring in might be terrible. Very well might be terrible. Probably more than likely will be terrible as far as um, as compared to being an all-star or a regular or whatever. But if you take a chance on a player who has a long time horizon, then there's a huge payout. If you have a player who has a long time rising, there's a huge payout. This is why, this is one of the reasons why I absolutely love the draft or international waters. If a player figures it out, there's no guarantee that he will. There's no guarantee that any draft pick will make it. There's no guarantee that any international signing will make it. There is no guarantee. There's no guarantee they will be healthy. There's no guarantee they will be a legitimate starter. But if they are a legitimate starter, if they do figure it out, if things do play out as you would hope, then the team, whoever the team is, will likely have them for six plus years. Cost controlled. That's the goal. The goal is to find players who will be productive long-term for three, four, five, six, seven years. That's the goal. As players develop, as players do well, Rafael Ortega did all right today. Frank Schwindel did all right today. Cody Hoyer did all right today. Kyle Hendricks did all right today. Yeah, as far as if the draft was the only most important thing, then that would probably... But it's not going to boil down to one game as to whether the Cubs are going to get a useful draft selection or not. If the Cubs are fifth or if the Cubs are sixth, they ought to be able to scout themselves around a rather deep class and find someone who will be useful long-term. Cubs winning a game now and again is all fine. Now, tomorrow... The Cubs, it sounds like, are going to start Adrian Sampson. Adrian Sampson starting means he needs to be added to the 40-man roster, which means someone needs to be subtracted from the 40-man roster, which means someone will be designated for assignment in the morning. I'm not a big fan of players being designated for assignment, but with Adrian Sampson, with Adrian Sampson as with some of the other players, give him looks give him chances, give him opportunities in the rotation, because if Adrian Sampson does figure it out, the Cubs will have him for numerous seasons on into the future. And 
if he's horrible, if he's terrible, if he's garbage, if he's Justin Germano 2.0, then at the end of the year, you non-tender him. No big problem. No harm, no foul. You bring in players at the end of the year who the Cubs have an option on for the next season if he's any good. If he's any good, you keep him. Ryan Meisinger, Jake Jewell, Adrian Sampson. Get a couple more looks at Corey Abbott. Look at them, assess them, decide are they going to be good. Let's also toss out Ian Happ for a moment. He oftentimes hits well in Cincinnati. There are reasons for it. He attended University of Cincinnati. But he remains, for me, center column. He remains very much center column. I could see him designated, for, or I could see him non-tendered after the season, or I could see, oh, I could see him being retained. Either one, either one makes sense, because if you're going to take a, ch- if the Cubs are going to take a chance on a player, Hap would be a decent player to take a chance on. Uh, he shouldn't be too horribly expensive next season. And if he figures it out, he can either trade or have another entire season to figure it out. It's not like the Cubs are going to be so destitute that they can't spend 4 or $5 million on Ian Happ. Now, would it possibly make sense at the end of the year to non-tender him? Yeah, maybe. But he's hitting well now. If he hits fairly well now for the rest of the season, then yeah, you want to hang on to him. Generally, 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 it's a sign of a bad fan when said fan is hoping for a player to fail. And it really doesn't matter which player it is. It could be Ian Happ. It could be Jason Hayward. It could be Frank Schwindel. It could be whoever you want it to be. If the fan is hoping for set some player on his team to absolutely fail to justify his... I don't even know what word you want to use there. I really don't know what word you want to use there. If somebody has decided it benefits me if this player has a lousy season, <laughs> well, that's an interesting way to fan. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, be safe, be nice to others, and I'll have something on the pipeline. Probably not a whole lot tonight, though, um, in a while. Thanks a lot.